0: Hi, I'm Will Roadhouse, and I'm the CEO of Compass Group International, and welcome to another episode of Expat Thailand. Today, I have a fun episode, especially for those that love to read about and talk about personal finance. Uh, Today is definitely the episode you want to listen to. Uh, So just a word of note, uh, this is not financial advice. Uh, Basically, what I'm discussing is a conversation between a very good friend of mine that's also very savvy themselves. And in this conversation, I'm going to share with you of hopefully that there's some tidbits you can take out of it and incorporate that into your personal financial strategies. So to kind of give you a quick overview, um, this is a friend of mine that lives in California. He's married. uh, He and his wife are in their late 50s, known him for over a decade. Uh, They're married. Two of their kids are in college, so they are empty nesters. When I first met them, they lived in Irvine, and they moved... Uh, to, or where is it, to Riverside uh, because they needed a bigger house. So the dilemma is they feel or they have a fear that they don't have enough money to retire and they don't want or the thought of working well into their 70s is not appealing to them. So they are entrepreneurs, they own their own business. Uh, It's an insurance business. And the kids are in UC schools. So to put these kids into, let's just say, if they graduate within four years in these UC schools, uh, we're talking 150,000, 100 to 150,000, maybe even $200,000 for tuition. So that's a big chunk of change. You know, they've made some smart decisions. So they have roughly about a half a million dollars In equity in their house, their home is worth a little over a million dollars. They don't have any car debt. Uh, Their car is a little bit older, but it's free and clear. Credit cards they use uh, kind of sporadically, but they pay it off every single month. And then they have roughly another half a million dollars saved up in retirement funds. And that's not including if they were to sell their business, could be potentially another 300, maybe maybe half a million dollars, depending on the book of their business. But right now, the snapshot is their financial net worth is roughly about a million dollars. And we all know that that is certainly not enough to sustain a above average or even a middle class lifestyle in California while having two kids in college. So he reached out to me and he emailed me because I've uh, certainly made it a lot harder uh, for people to reach me because these social media from Facebook to Instagram, even Twitter and YouTube, I just get so much freaking uh, spam and garbage mails and scammers that I just kind of shut all those services off when it comes down to messaging. Uh, the only messaging service I have that's available is on LinkedIn and LinkedIn is a little bit more professional and more reliable when it comes down to people that are sending me a message or email if you don't know my email uh, it's the best way to get in touch with me if you're looking to be a client my email address is will w-i-l-l at onecompass.net and again it's will at onecompass.net so he emailed me and he said I sent you a couple of messages on on uh, messenger Facebook Messenger, and you never responded. So I thought I might email you, which was a smart thing to do. And we haven't we haven't talked to each other in over a year. So it's been a while since we've talked. And uh, it was it's good to catch up with people that haven't talked to in a long time. So when we jumped on a conference call uh, a couple of days later, after all the pleasantries of, you know, how you're doing, what have you been up to? Uh, would you go on vacation and this and that, how the kids, uh, we kind of dove into personal finance. And so he gave me the snapshot, uh, cause I asked him, I said, I said, I said, give me your personal, give me a personal picture, your financial picture. and And I can give you some ideas of what I would do. So after laying down his foundation, if I were in his shoes, these are the next steps I would take. And I told them, it's going to be painful at first, but it's going to be so much better in the mid and long term. I said, first of all, we all know that the real estate market topped out three months ago and is now in a slow decline. So next year, there's a possibility that your home is going to be 20% less. The valuations of home are going to continue to decrease. And also there's more and more inventory that's sitting in the market. And especially when you're in a place like Riverside, like if you're in a coastal cities like Huntington Beach or Newport Beach, obviously uh, these places sell fast or even Irvine. But when you're inland, those homes can stay in the market longer. said, so what I would do is I would sell my home. If I know I have a half a million dollars in equity today, he had more earlier this year, but the value of the home went down, I said, I would sell it. And I would ask the buyer, especially if they're an investor, if I can lease back. I would say, can I lease back for a year? But if not, I would just simply rent. But I would not hold on to that property because if you were to hold on, if I were to hold on to the property and eventually sell it next year to year after that, I'm talking about pricing at 20 to 25, even 30% less and I'm competing with a shitload of other homes because nothing is selling and interest rates are continue to increase and people are continue to be, uh, get poorer and poorer and can't qualify for loans. So if I have bird in hand, half a million dollars in equity, I'll put that home to market right now. First of all, I would find out what the comps are. You can simply just go to Zillow and do that. And I would price my home 10% less than everyone else. To get it sold right away. Then what I would do. So I have a half million dollars in equity. Then I'll obviously just find a place to rent. And and a smaller place to rent. And I would. And this is where the painful part comes in. I would just start throwing shit out. All the unnecessary stuff that you've accrued over the years. Just throw that crap out. Get a big giant one of those big giant blue or green trash cans that you can rent from uh, from the uh, local municipality or the sanitation department, and just throw shit out. Especially books. Books are just. I mean, I don't want to buy books anymore because I either check them out online or I just buy them online. But better yet, I subscribe to services like. Kindle Unlimited, where I can read unlimited amount of books, or I also subscribe to Apple One, which I'm able to, on a news, I can read all sorts of periodicals from newspapers and magazines, so I don't have to, so plus I'm saving trees, but I don't have to actually physically hold on to books and magazines, which are complete waste. I said, throw all that shit out and just keep the stuff that's, that are necessities, so that's a painful part. The painful part is always tr- is getting rid of stuff. And nobody can seem to get rid of stuff. I mean, I had to do this with my parents, you know, not too long ago when I was like, we just need to throw this stuff out. They're like, no, 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 that's good memories on that. And and maybe we can use that. I'm like, you're never gonna use it. It's been sitting in a box collecting dust for the last 10, 20 years. It's it's not even relevant anymore. Or people like my dad. Uh, holding out to old printers that are like 10 years old so dad th- you don't even, you can't even use them because the drivers they don't have the printer driver for that old bottle anymore my dad would, so, would say well can we sell it no nobody wants to buy this we just gotta throw it out well i spent like two thousand dollars these are these are high quality laser printers So, well, dad they were high quality 10 years ago but can't use them now so that's a frame of mind that you have to just start throwing crap out. Then find a place to rent. So now you're settled in. Half a million dollars in equity. Then what I would do, the next step is, I would look and contact other friends in insurance company that wants to buy my book of business. And I would sell my business right away, as fast as I can. And the reason why is... As statistics have shown that one of the things that people cut back on when money gets tight, when they have to really worry about putting food on the table, paying for rent, paying for mortgage, they start cutting back on some of the things that aren't necessary. One of them is unnecessary insurance. They start bringing down the premiums. Uh, Maybe instead of having two cars, they'll have one car. Uh, so So insurance does get hit. I said right now... The economy is still okay but we're in a teetering brink of going to re, uh, going to recession where some people like me believe that we are in a recession I would sell my book of business and I would do it as fast as I can so let's just say to make numbers easy it's a quarter million dollars so now the total financial picture with selling the business is roughly 1.25 million so it's 1.25 million I would set aside $300,000 for a kid's tuition, or $200,000. But let's just make the numbers easy, and let's just say it's $300,000, $150,000 per kid. Maybe they want to get their master's. So we have that set aside. Then we have roughly about $900,000. $900,000 won't do jack shit in California. $900,000 dollars can do jack shit in the Southwest, like Las Vegas, or even Phoenix, or even Midwest. So I would move to Thailand. I would move to Thailand, and with that money, it would go, basically, last me for two lifetimes. And when i was when i was saying this you know he he obviously had lots of questions and and i and i said before you start asking the questions let me just give you a couple more tidbits of why thailand and why i would do this within the next 3 to 6 months is if i know that i can, my wife and i can retire now and have a wonderful life in a place like Thailand as opposed to living in California with the uncertainty of my business with the uncertainty of of what the economy is going to do with the uncertainty of housing and 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 the what do you call it um and what inflation is going to do and interest rates i would just get rid of everything because I have no crystal ball of what's going to happen in the future. And I don't want to work till I'm in my sixties and seventies. Hell no. But what I do know is that here I have this money after putting money aside for my kids for the college, $900,000 for my wife and I, I would go to Thailand. In Thailand, for, for the same exact home that he has in Riverside, I could buy that same exact home for about $300,000. But as we we're talking, I said, but well, most likely living in Riverside and even living in Irvine, you probably always wanted to live by the beach, but it's too expensive. I mean, I remember discussing with him about this a long time ago. And obviously, most people in California want to live by the beach, but it's always too expensive. I said, but you can have the same size home that you have now in a beach city that's only maybe a 15, 20-minute drive to the beach for also just $300,000. So, and again, if I'm in your shoes, I would buy a home at the beach, $300,000, Buy a simple car. So after that, uh, let's just say other miscellaneous expenses uh, from car, furniture, furnishings, uh, any other improvements to the home, let's just make it $400,000. So now I have roughly $500,000 left for retirement. $500,000 here in Thailand for my wife and I will be the same equivalent of five to eight to maybe $10 million in California. And a lot of you may be surprised about that. You're like, no way, there's, there's no way. How is that possible? It's possible because let's just throw out some prices. Dozen eggs in California, what does it cost? Five to seven bucks, here's a dollar. And it's free range and it's brown. Rent. well, Housing. $300,000 home is the same equivalent to a million, two million five home in California. Utilities. Let's say that someone's, your utilities in California is roughly about everything. Electricity, gas, water, cable bills, whole nine yards, 500 bucks a month. And, And I'm probably being pretty, Uh, Low my estimate the same equivalent here in Thailand would roughly be less than a hundred dollars Most likely around 50 bucks Association dues uh, Typical a a typical American gated community like he was in uh, he was paying 300 bucks a month Here 25 bucks Typical lunch, nothing fancy in in the United States, like in in California where he's at. Typical lunch per person, 20 bucks. Here, same equivalent, typical lunch, two to $3. So housing here in Thailand may be 50% less, uh, even 60 or 75% less. But when it comes down to everyday cost of living, we're talking like one-tenth of the cost. So someone come from California with half a million dollars, I would, I would say when I think about it now, it would be the equivalent roughly about $5 million in California. That's how far your money would go. And I said, that's what I would do. And I'm just going to highlight some of the uh, some of the questions that he had. And some of the questions that anyone would have is, well, not even a question. He's like, I can't do that. I said, well, why not? My wife would kill me. I said, okay, your wife would kill you. The reason why your wife would kill you and would not be open to that, even though you guys have traveled all over, is because of your emotional attachment to California, the emotional attachment to the home, and the, what's the word I'm looking for? The perception of safety and peace of mind in California. It's a perception. It's not real because you're not safe. You're not safe from crime. You're not safe from your personal finances because you have... No peace of mind that your money is going to last you. So thus, the solution is to work well into the 60s or into the 70s. And your wife right now is probably okay with that. But the thing is, is that you have to show her. And I said the best way to do that is to take her here for a month. Spend uh two to two and a half weeks in bangkok in all the different places than spend uh two two and a half weeks in a beach city like in hua hinchong just that month alone she's going to realize wow there's not really much of a difference in fact things are better here in thailand plentiful food Variety of food, not just Thai food, but every food from Western countries to European countries, to Asian countries. Massive variety, uh, eclectic, and and big melting pot, especially in Bangkok, especially in the beach cities, from people all over the world. Clean, nice, and friendly people. You feel safe. But what the big thing is, she's gonna realize is how clean Thailand is. Also, it's not intimidating because almost everyone speaks English in these big cities. But pricing—it's going to be shocking to her, and she's just like shocking to you. It's like what I get a one-hour deep tissue massage for seven to eight dollars. I can go get a facial, a one-hour facial for fifteen bucks. Like I remember uh, friends of mine when they're telling me that their wives are getting their hair done and it costs like a hundred to $300, I'm like, what the F for you ladies? You probably like, yeah, that's normal. hundred to 300 bucks to get your hair done. And that includes coloring here, 25 bucks. The place that my wife goes to, my wife is hot and she has great hair. The place that she goes to, she pays 10 bucks haircut and coloring. She's been going to the same place for like decades. Or for a decade, should I say. So my haircut is three bucks. Three bucks. And you don't have the tip. And that includes also shampoo. Twice. Shampooing before I get my haircut and shampooing and blow dry after I get my haircut. So everything about here is going to be shocking because you're like, wow, I'm living a life of a multimillionaire but I'm not a multimillionaire, and that's the shocking part about this lifestyle in Thailand that nobody understands. Nobody gets it. It's like trying to explain a homeless person uh, what's it like to go to a three-star Michelin-rated restaurant. They have no concept. They have no idea. Or it's like trying to explain to someone that has never been on a plane. What it's like to be on a plane because they have no idea I re- I remember uh, talking to a couple of good friends of mine long long time ago and they're people that I grew up with and you know back then I just I just blow money left and right buying stupid stuff and when I was talking about some of my experiences and and some of the restaurants and, and how much You know, money we spent in clubs and stuff like that. They were shocked and 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 they could never ever phantom the idea of doing that because it's unaffordable. But here in Thailand, you want to go to a nightclub and have bottle service, it's not gonna cost you a thousand dollars, two or three thousand dollars, even ten or twenty thousand dollars. It's gonna be like a hundred bucks. If you go to some um some some pub or just some some local nightclub that's kind of like indoor-outdoor, it's like 30 bucks for table service. It's insane. So when I'm explaining this to my friend, I said, your wife, you think your wife is going to kill you, but the best way to do that is not to just to say hey uh we're gonna sell everything we're gonna move to thailand the best thing to do is literally right now book a flight come here in december or even january or even february because it's best weather here november december january february is the absolute best weather here in thailand and i said even coming here in january uh, you'll still see all the Christmas lights and how beautiful it is, not just in Bangkok, but these other big cities. I said, come here for a month. Tell your wife that, uh, reward her, saying, hey, we worked hard for this whole year. The whole year has been kind of tough. Uh, let's let's take the whole family to Thailand. And it, plus the kids will be on winter break. Come here. And you will realize with with the strategy in the back of your mind, that you're trying to convince them, or your wife, that Thailand is the place you want to move. But not, but not being, should I say, forthcoming. Let them come here to Thailand. Let them enjoy it. Let them see what it's really about. Let them experience for themselves that Thailand is not some poor, podunk country. That it is a thriving country where people are prosperous and happy and people are smiling all the time and expats are living the life, living the dream life that they've always wanted and they don't have to work. People like me can retire early. People like you can do the same. So obviously we talk more about specific um, strategies and other things like that, but that's basically what I told him what I would do. One other thing I told him, I said, I'm going to throw this out there. And again, this is me. This is what I would do. So back to the scenario. So you, so after bought one home at the beach for $300,000, you're left with a half million dollars. For two people to have a, in their 50s, to have a high soul lifestyle, so it's a high society lifestyle, high class lifestyle, here in Thailand, $300,000 is really all you need. And that will last you for the rest of your life, from 50 to beyond your ages. So there, so that remains, that leaves a $200,000 on the side. What I would do, because obviously I spend all of my time, this is all I do now. I spend all of my time studying about investments. And so I do only take on two clients a year. But beyond that, uh, I'm only focusing on my personal investments for my family, for myself, my wife, and, and our family members. That's it, investing everyone's money. So every day, what I do is obviously studying real estate, but I'm studying to become a better, better at technical analysis, better at reading charts understanding the equity markets, understanding the crypto markets, understanding the trends, when to buy, when to sell, uh, selling short, selling long. But that's what I do every single day because I love it. I didn't love it so much when I worked at the bank, but I absolutely love it now. Why? Because it's my own money. It's our money. And I don't have to answer to anybody. I said right now, the markets are primed. We are almost bottomed. There's a possibility we will bottom by first quarter of next year. And like any brilliant investor is always buying at the bottom. This is where future millionaires are made. And I said, you're not a millionaire, or let's just say you don't think you're a millionaire, but with $200,000, you can be a millionaire. What I would do with that is I would dump all $200,000, when I feel the, the crypto market has, has bottomed, I would put it all into crypto in a mix of large caps, mid caps, but and, and also low caps. That's what I would do. I would be looking, which I do, for coins and tokens and projects that are not just going to 10x and 20x, but the ones that are going to 100x during the next bull market. Where the next bull market come late next year, 2023, but most likely in 2024, we get closer to the Bitcoin halving. And, and he was kind of shocked. He's like, whoa, isn't crypto a scam? Isn't a Ponzi scheme? So I, I had to take like 20, 30 minutes to explain it to him of, of why as an ex-banker, which he knows as a ex-wealth manager, is now very pro-crypto and what the future of crypto is. So I kind of gave him a quick overview. It was probably more like 30 minutes. That's why our conversation was like almost two hours long. I said, that's what I would do. So I've already set aside money. And again, recap, $300,000 for my kids for their college tuition and any kind of living expenses. And also part of that can go into higher learning, whether they want to get their MBA and so forth. And then uh, $300,000 uh, would be to buy a nice home here at the beach in Hua Hin or in Cha And this home would be uh, roughly maybe two stories, three to four bedrooms with a pool, about a 20, maybe 25 minute drive to the beach. Maybe even shorter, maybe even 15 minutes. Actually shorter because there are homes that are 15 minutes away from the beach that are $300,000 in a gated community. Then $300,000, we set aside for my wife and I for living expenses. And then the last two hundred thousand would go into crypto, and I believe that that two hundred thousand dollars in five years can easily, easily become a million to million five, and in ten years, potentially five million dollars. And he's like, "Really?" I said, "Don't trust me on it. Don't take my word for it. Just take a weekend." Spend Saturday and Sunday and just do a deep dive into crypto. I sent us some videos of some uh, asset managers, uh, especially in the space that I really like, like Raul Powell uh, and Michael Saylor, uh, Kathy Wood. Uh, I, I just sent these videos to kind of give a nice overview of what is crypto and why it's the future. I said... Take a deep dive because that's what I did. You know, I fell into this back in 2017 when I sold one of my condos uh, for roughly about 10 Bitcoin. And unfortunately, I didn't keep it. But I took a deep dive. And now I am fully 100% a believer that this is the future. This is a financial future, especially when it comes down to DeFi. Being your own bank having the ability to custody your own money and having the ability to lend it out, to, uh, to get yield on it, whether it's 5%, 10%, 15, 20. There are some projects where you, when you're staking tokens that will yield 40, 50, 60, 80%. But you have to understand this business. You have to understand this space. So that's what I would do. So for those of you that are listening to this right now that are in the same boat as my friend, you don't consider yourself a millionaire, but maybe you have a million dollars in assets. Your home isn't paid for, but you have some equity in it. All I can say is, forget about working for the rest of your life. Forget about working another 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Retire now in a place like Thailand where you'll be debt free, knowing that you're also gonna have money on the side that's gonna last you and your significant other, you, you and your family for the rest of your lives, and you're still gonna have money to invest. What I told my friend is right now, you don't have extra money to invest. And I'm telling you, right now, the market is down. This is the time where future millionaires and billionaires are being made, are going to be made, is during a bear market like this. And hell yeah, I want the market to go down. I do believe, uh, like a few others, uh, Garrett Soloway is another one, another analyst and trainer that I really like to follow. And he believes there's another leg down. And I do too. I believe there's another big leg down. And then maybe by early first quarter of next year, we will reach bottom. And that's when I'm slowly DCAing and going all in. And then just be patient. And within a year, two to three years, potentially 5X, 10X. And then eventually, if you, uh, you know, closer to 10 years, some of those projects, 50 to 100X. And if you're really, really, really good, you get 100X on some of these projects, some of these investments in these tokens, within the next two to three years. My best advice to anyone out there is uh, there are a lot of influences out there that shill you know, crypto projects, just like there are influences out there, especially these Wall Street bettors. Fuck those Wall Street bettors. I'm sorry to use that language, but do not follow Wall Street bet. Those guys are nothing but fucking idiots and all you're going to do is lose money. They love to show, like out of curiosity, because of what was happening with GameStop and, uh, and Bed Bath and Beyond, I uh, went on the subreddit Wall Street Bets and I just observed. And these fucking morons, all they love to do is bitch and complain, and they love to show what we call lost porn how much money they lost. And tons of them got wiped out, not just from GameStop not just from bad bath and beyond. And then there were some others too. The best thing to do is to watch, listen, read, but then go and do the research yourself. When you do the research yourself, you're like, hold on. Okay. This is a good project. This is not a bad project. This is a good stock. This is not a bad, this is, this is, uh, this is a really good stock. When you look at bad bath and beyond, uh, that was absolute shit. You know, these guys were hoping for a squeeze and Ryan Cohen just freaking squeezed them out. They were his, the retail market was his exit strategy. So follow the right people. But when you do, you know, having a hundred to $200,000 set aside, if you are smart, if you are diligent and you have the time of living in the beach, of just educating yourself. You can turn that. You can ten x that. You can a hundred x that, especially in crypto. If you think the crypto market is 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 down, let me give you a few examples of of projects recently that did a hundred percent, two hundred percent, three hundred percent. Some of these projects are 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 smaller tokens like. Um, what was uh uh SafePal was one. Uh they basically create a hard wallet. Another one is our couple of layer ones and layer two blockchains uh that have done a hundred percent returns uh just recently. So I I won't get into more detail because I don't want people to start buying these things and say, hey, I lost money. I'm just gonna give you examples. That there's always opportunities in a bear market. Earlier this year, when Luna crashed, man, if you waited and you bought one of the 000000005, was like five zeros, or I think it's like five zeros uh, in front of it, man, in one day, that thing went up 4,000%. And it's just. There are so many opportunities during a bear market. But then when you're buying and you're holding, when the market is down in a bull market, it's just easy pickings. So that's what I discuss with my friends. My investment outlook is always evolving based on what the global macro strategy is. I look at everything. Right now, China, the zero COVID policy, maybe Xi Jinping is going to put that aside and go with economy first. So China will get roaring back. China gets roaring back. Um, you know, there won't be so much of an exodus out, you know, people leaving China, but a lot of money will start coming in again. No, maybe no more supply chain issues. But... My hopes for the West, like the UK or the United States, for fast recovery, I don't see that happening. I see Americans just becoming poorer and poorer. I see people getting laid off. I see people working harder for less money. I see more depression. I see more suicides. I see more mass shootings. I see more. Uh, random homicides and just people killing each other. I see more home invasions and burglaries. I see more defaults on credit cards and car loans. I see future foreclosures on homes. It's a grim outlook. And in addition to that is, I also see Americans decreasing low life expectancy. So for the first time, obviously also because of COVID, Uh, The Americans, uh, the lifespan actually retracted a little bit. But I believe that it's going to retract. It's going to be consistent. Not just because Americans are unhealthy. They're obese and overweight. They have bad nutrition. uh, They're depressed. I mean, it just, everything is wrong. Physically and mentally. Where when you're here in Thailand, you just don't see shit like that. And that is what's, So hard to explain in any podcast or any videos. You know, like I explained in one of my earlier episodes, when my parents are walking around, my dad is always, he says this all the time, I'm just blown away of how prosperous ties are and how happy they are. You can't explain that in a podcast. You can't show that in a video. You have to come here and experience it. You have to experience that you as a customer comes first, that you're always, you can always expect good service. Where in America, you cannot. Everyone is fending for themselves. It's a very selfish society, which is unfortunate. So after explaining this to my friend, I also gave him a few more ideas on how to slowly break in their family. And it's the same idea as you've heard it in some of my podcasts of watching more travel shows and even uh, flipping on youtube on the big on, on the big screen on tv and uh, watching videos from expats uh, talk about thailand talking about foods and so forth as it is thousands and thousands of great videos made by influencers uh, here in thailand start watching that stuff then make your trip here i'll help you plan it and obviously uh, I'll get to see them and I'll show them a few places uh, just to let you know I am NOT a tour guide, folks uh, so uh, this is a very good friend of mine so obviously I'm, I'm willing to do that uh, but uh, for anyone else that says hey I'm in Thailand I don't know you, you can show me around uh, i sorry I don't have the time to do that uh, but when you listen to my podcast and you're doing your research you'll you'll develop a, a keen or should I say a good idea of what to see what to do and how long you should stay here in Thailand and, and, and where should you be staying in specific cities and so forth. Just do your research. So at the very end, my friend was a little shocked because of stuff and information I gave him. Uh, he wasn't expecting it. He was expecting me to say, okay, well... Maybe you should downsize your home. Uh, You should sell it. Uh, You should start cutting back on expenses. You should be doing this. But the idea of selling everything, coming to Thailand, and uh, and then start personally being responsible with your personal investments and being more proactive about it, that was kind of shocking to him. You know, the one thing that always surprises me, and this comes from, from the bank, from my days at the bank, is I'm always astounded and blown away when here, here's a potential client or a client that has anywhere from a couple million to $150 million uh, on deposit with us. And it's shocking that how smart they were to make this money But then again, that's how dumb they are when it comes down to financial knowledge. They rely on their bankers. And a lot of times the bankers are wrong because they're pitching the wrong products. They're pitching products that's going to make them the best fee income. Everybody should be very financially savvy. If you may think it's boring, but you have to realize it is your future. This is your hard-earned money. You should not just be plopping it in some with some broker in some mutual fund hoping for the best, collecting 5% returns. That's absolute shit. I mean, right now, just kind of give you some example. There are, there's a certain token, crypto token, that within the last 24 hours went up 40%. And I bought and then I sold and I made the margin. Because of certain announcements that a specific person made to where this project is going. So there is a lot of money to be made. But you have to be personally responsible and you have to have the financial knowledge. You cannot rely on other people. It's like trying to rely on someone else to basically make all your decisions for you. This is your hard-earned money. You should be responsible for it. You should know exactly how to invest it, where to invest it, you know, entering the market, exit strategies. But the problem is is that you don't have time to do that. That's why Thailand is such a wonderful place. And when I told my friend, I said, what's great about Thailand is you have time. You have peace and quiet because first of all, you have that peace of mind. Everything's paid for. You have no debt. Then you have cash that's going to last you for the rest of your life. Then you have excess cash to invest. So every single day you have time to do whatever the F you want. You can work out in the morning time, go walk on the beach, go jog on the beach, and then spend two or three hours educating yourself about personal finance. And you have the time to do that. We're living in California, you don't have the time because the minute that you wake up to the minute you go back to sleep, you're just putting out fires all day. That's what most people do. The minute they open their eyes to the time they close in the evening, all they are doing is just putting out fires and then they're having nightmares about it. Where expats like me that are investors are here carefree with the freedom to do whatever we want, whenever we want, but more so than ever, having the time to educate ourselves and to evolve our investment portfolios. And the sad thing is, is I like you and like my client, when I asked him about what he's doing with his money, he just has it with a broker and, and, they, and they have it in mutual fund i'm like that is absolute shit. you should be more proactive because you can make more money with less fees so i hope you found this to be enlightening i hope you found this to be helpful because thailand to me is not just a place to relax it's not just a place to live large it's not just a place to have all the finer things in life for very low cost. But this is a place that allows my wife and I to become multimillionaires because we have the time to invest in ourselves, to make ourselves better. Not just better people, but also physically and also strengthening our relationships with our family. And then obviously, last but not least, is educating ourselves, continuing education. Did you know the average person after college gets dumber and dumber every single year, every single decade? You shouldn't do that. Not just dumber and dumber, they get fatter and fatter. Well, here in Thailand, you can become, you can get better and better shape, you can get rid of your depression, get rid of your anxiety. You can be in better health, better mental health. And then your personal financial health can be way better because now you can take control of your finances, take control of your investments. And I've just scratched the surface. You know, I I, I also gave him some different ideas. If he didn't want to put all $200,000 into crypto, how he can invest also in real estate. So I'm not going to get into that. The bottom line is, is that anyone out there, whether you have a million bucks or 10 million bucks and you think you're living good, your life is going to be better here. A person that has $10 million has $10 million worth of stress. Their life does suck because they have a lot of rich people problems. Where someone has $10 million, sell every goddamn thing, get rid of your business, get rid of all the employ- or give it to someone else they'll fire your employees sell your business now take your hard earned money come here to thailand live with f u money but the rest of it invest it into real estate into equities into crypto into gold did you know that thailand is one of the best places to buy gold physical gold and it's cheaper Because the problem with buying gold, let's just say in the States, is you see a spot price. But when you buy it, they always tack on a premium. But when you sell it, you're selling it at spot. So that sucks. That's absolute shit. I, I, I didn't realize that until I bought gold many, many years ago and sold it. It sucks. And plus, it's hard to take possession if you have a lot of gold. But here in Thailand, the margins aren't that big. And it's... And the gold is 23.9%. It's not quite 100%. They just add a little bit in there for strength. But you can buy gold and other precious metals and diamonds here at a cheap price. Thailand is also known for jewelry, for diamonds. People from all over. I remember an, an associate of mine actually came to Thailand from the States to buy his wife's wedding ring. So you can diversify your assets. The one thing that I've realized as I get as I get older is having employees is completely, completely just what's the word I'm looking for? It's um, God, a complete brain fart. But having employees suck. When I had employees, it sucked. Because all I was doing is is just feeding egos, putting out fires. It's just a bunch of stupidity with a bunch of fucking idiots. Having employees is absolutely just a drag. Then having business partners and also is a drag because everyone has different different decisions. So I had an investment group and I had one, two, three, three business partners. So there's four of us buying real estate, never do that again. I got effed, I got, I got fucked because these guys are complete fucking idiots. And then on the business side, you know, partners tend to grow apart. You know, my business partner uh, for almost two decades is still one of my best friends, but we do different things now. He has his business and he focuses on what he focuses in and I focus on what I focus in. But what I focus in, what I've come to realize That having employees and having business partners is too difficult. It's too complicated. If you have the money, it's better to take that money, educate yourself, and invest it yourself into real estate and to other investments like crypto and like equities and precious metals. So for a person that's worth $10 million. You have a big thriving business, but you also have a lot of headaches with that. Wouldn't it be easier to sell everything, move here, uh, buy a 20,000 square foot home right on the beach, killer penthouse in Bangkok with no stress? All you're doing is investing your own money and you're actually probably making more money. What I've realized is I've made more money with personal investments than I've ever did with others, or with real estate? And I have no one to answer to. It's just me and my wife. That's it. And because it's my wife and I, we're doing this together. We're building our future. We're building the future of our family. That means more to me than anything else. So that's why That's what makes Thailand such a wonderful place. You can focus on the things that's most important. Where is Stephen Covey? You know, his, his books. I think that's one of the things he talked about. Focusing on what matters most. I think that was actually a title of one of his books. Thailand allows you to do that. Living in a Western country like the United States... I never had the time to do that. It was constantly putting out fires, keeping up with the Joneses. Here, I don't have any of that noise. Focusing on everything that matters. Everything that's important. Not all the superficial bullshit. So thank you so much for joining me, folks. I really appreciate it. And stay tuned for another episode. Uh, I'm going to be... Heading off to the beach with my wife again. Uh, we're going to head out there uh, this weekend. And I'll probably spend a week or maybe two. Not sure yet. And usually when I'm on the beach, I don't want to do anything. Uh, other than uh, what, I, what I mean by do, I don't want to do anything when it comes out of social media. But um, working out, uh, obviously eating and, and education wise, uh, that's one of the best places to do it. Uh, I, I love being able to wake up in the morning, uh, my wife and I go for a walk on the beach, come back, I spend roughly two to three hours on financial education and research, and then head out to the gym uh, with my wife, and then we uh, head out to dinner somewhere, and repeat the next day. It's just a wonderful, wonderful time, it's a wonderful life, and I really hope that you get to experience it too. As you get older, you get smarter. You have more life experience, but sometimes people just fail to do what's in front of you. And what it is is, number one, is focusing on the things that's most important to you. Not spending time on nonsense. Stop spending time putting out fires, but also making hard decisions. So thank you so much for joining me and hope to see you in Thailand.